Amen. Hey, I need to do just a little bit of family business. And if you are new here at Grace, uh, you can check out what I'm saying. Check out from what you can just ignore this for a second. Uh, those of you who've been here for very long uh, probably recognize the guy that was sitting at this keyboard. His name is Ron Pietrantoni. Uh, Ron was actually born on the stage at this church. Not actually, but it seems like it. He's been here since he was born. Uh, he's been on staff longer than anybody else, but on Friday, uh, Ron and Carol lost uh, their home and all of their possessions in a house fire. Um, uh, uninsured, so no clothes, no furniture, no home. We're going to come alongside him and we're going to take care of him. One thing about grace that I love is when there's a need, we show up. And we always have and we will in this case. Um, so again, if you're new, uh, I'm not double dipping. Uh, if you're part of the Grace family, you can just scan that and uh, you can give in all the usual ways that you give it Grace through Venmo. You can go online. There'll be a link there. Uh, if you give towards uh, helping Ron and Carol out, uh, we just ask that you put fire in the memo or somewhere. If you're sending a check, uh, just write fire and we we'll are do that so that we don't use people's names because then it doesn't become a tax burden for them. So we'll know what it's for. And the beauty of this is 100% of it's going to go to help them get back on their feet and take care of them. So let's do it, Grace, okay? All right, if you're new, you have to check. Now's the time to check back in. All right, I love baptisms. Aren't they awesome? What a great, nothing more inspiring than a life changed by Jesus and impacted by Jesus. And one of the things I just want you to hear this morning, and maybe this is the only thing you need to hear this morning. Jesus is the answer to every problem you're facing. I'm going to say it one more time. Jesus is the answer to every problem you might be facing. I am here this morning standing on this stage as a testimony to that reality. Uh, My life is not perfect by any means, but I am not the person I was when I walked into this church 28 years ago as a parishioner with my marriage hanging by a thread and my life uh, really just full of uh, chaos And uh, God got a hold of me, and Jesus changed my life. And I am standing on this stage. Amen is right. I'm standing on this stage 28 years later is your pastor sharing the gospel uh, strictly because of the grace and mercy of Jesus. And there's no other reason, there's no other way that a person can account for it. And I just want you to hear it one more time. Jesus is the answer to whatever problem you're facing this morning. All right, if you've been at Grace for very long or you've been here recently, then you know that we've been working our way through the last letter of the New Testament, Revelation. We're about halfway through it. Uh, It's been a great uh, journey for us. Um, We've been teaching through it, and I think the biggest surprise that I've been hearing from people is that this book of Revelation has a lot of application for us today. Most of us have, if we've been around the church very long, some conceived ideas about Revelation. It's pretty mysterious. It's pretty confusing. It's all about something that's going to happen someday. But there is a lot for us to learn and apply as we study through the book of Revelation. But it is the revelation of King Jesus, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's the revelation of the very person that we celebrate Every Easter, the one who died, 
who rose, who ascended to the Father, and the one who is coming back to establish the new kingdom, the new heaven and the new earth. When, when Jesus returns, Revelation says that the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of the Lord and he will reign forever and ever. And in that day, there will be no more tears and no more sorrow. The king is coming. The king is returning. It's good news. All right. We're going to explore two questions today as we think about that idea that the king is coming. And the first question is, who is the returning king. And the second question, which is just as important, is what are we to do as we await the return of this king? There's no better place to find the answer to that question than the book of Revelation. So grab your Bibles, your journals. If you're here in the building and you don't have a Bible with you, there is one under your seat. Uh, you can grab that Bible. We're on page 1,028. We're going to look at Revelation chapter 1. If you brought your journals with you, you may not have brought them today, not thinking that we were going to be in Revelation on Easter Sunday, but we are. If you have your journals, you can open up to Revelation chapter 1. I want to encourage you, whether you're here in the building, whether you're at home, have a Bible in front of you. Open it up. Uh, write in it, underlying keywords, write in the margins of your Bible. It will help you to remember. It will help you to navigate the scriptures. If you are here in the building and you don't own a Bible, we would love for you to keep the one under your seat as a gift from us. And if you're online, thank you so much for joining us. We would love for you to have a Bible as well. So you can either stop by the church or just let us know and we will get you a Bible for sure. So with all that being said, why don't you stand with me? I'm going to read Revelation 1, the second part of verse 4, all the way through verse 8. Chapter 1, starting verse 4 to 8. You got it? Yes. He's got it. You got it? Yes. All right. Revelation 1, starting second part of verse 4, it says, Grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits, just so you know that seven spirits is just a, a creative way, an artistic way of saying the Holy Spirit. So from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the king of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and is to come, the Almighty. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for... Revelation, thank you for this incredible letter that reveals King Jesus. I pray that in these next few minutes, just this little bit of time that we have, that you would expand our understanding, expand our heart's ability to receive who this King Jesus really is. I pray that we would know more and more how much he loves us, that that love would abound in us, as the word says. We pray every week that uh, we would leave different than we came from this room, from this broadcast, because we have had an encounter with the living God, the God who knows us, the God who sees each of us individually, and the God who desires to speak to each one of us. Help us to receive 
your words. I pray that it would land in fertile soil, that deep roots would grow, and that it would bear fruit a hundredfold. Amen? You may be seated. You might have picked up on the fact as I read through that, that it kind of begins and ends in pretty much the same way. It says the one who was and the one who is to come. And that refrain kind of becomes our first clue, if you will, into answering the question, who is this returning king? And the first thing we see from those statements is he is eternal. He was He is and he is to come. The fact that that Jesus was and is to come, his eternal nature is one of the distinguishing characteristics of the Christian faith. It's what separates Christianity from all other world religions. It's actually not surprising that the vast majority of world religions give Jesus high props, right? They they have nice things to say about him, but they don't give him the same level of deity, of eternity. So did you know that the Quran, the the holy book for the Muslims, actually say that, that Jesus was sinless, that he was born of a virgin. He was a great prophet, but he was still just a man. A great prophet, but a man. The Buddhists give Jesus high accolades. They say that he was more enlightened than other people, that he was closer to that state of nirvana. Jehovah Witness say that Jesus was an angel, a created being that was created to rule over this earth. The Mormons actually believe that Jesus was a man that lived such a good life, such a holy life, that he inherited this world as his inheritance. But the scriptures are clear. Jesus has no beginning. He was, and he is, and he is to come. He is for all eternity, going back and going forward, the second person of the triune God. And he willingly stepped into humanity, took on flesh and blood, and gave his life so that we could be reconciled to the Father. Revelation 1, verse 4 and verse 8, both start with this, who was and is to come, the Alpha, the Omega, and it kind of serves as parenthetical statements to everything that falls between. He always has been, he always will be. He's alive, he's risen, and he's seated at the right hand of God, and he is going to return. This eternal king is coming back in all of his glory. And with that in mind, let me just ask you, are you ready? Look at the beginning of verse 5. It reads that Jesus Christ is the faithful witness. So this returning king, he's eternal and he is the witness. There is a lot of theological truth to what that means that Jesus is a witness. But for the sake of time, let me just put it this way. One of the the main purposes of Jesus coming was to be a witness of the father's love. He said, I came that you may know the father. If you see me, you see the father. He came to reveal this God who loves us beyond our wildest imagination. It was Jesus who said, God loved the entire cosmos, every person, everything about this world so much that he sent me, his only son, that whoever would believe in me wouldn't perish but have eternal 
life. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And Jesus came to be a witness or to witness to us how much God loves us. Look at the part of, second part of verse five. It says, the firstborn of the dead. So we have this eternal king. He's a witness. And he is, and this is an interesting word to use, but he is our prototype. Some of you might be asking the question when you see that word firstborn, how can someone be eternal and be born? But this isn't about Jesus being born. This is about Jesus being raised from the dead and given a new body, a body that is imperishable. I don't know if you know this, but when Jesus came as the baby of Christmas, right, and he took on human flesh, we call that the incarnation, right? He, he became flesh and bones. He didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking on the very form of man. He was fully man and fully God. He was incarnate. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus is still incarnate. He has a different body. It's the same body, but different in the fact that it is no longer experiences decay. It no longer experiences disease. It doesn't have allergies. Thank you, Jesus. Right? But, but he's in his new body. And the scriptures say that when we are resurrected, when we put our faith in Jesus and we are resurrected with Jesus, we will be like him. He is the firstborn of the resurrection and we actually will become like Jesus. No more death, no more pain. We will be with him and we will be like him. The eternal, incarnate, Jesus is returning. The question is, are you ready? Look at the last part of verse 5. He says he's the ruler of the kings on earth. He's eternal. He's a witness. He's a prototype. And he is indeed the king of kings, the supreme authority. No leader exists. No president exists. No dictator exists apart from the sovereign reign and rule of King Jesus. Now, if you sit with what I just said, if you sit with that truth, it's a little bit unsettling. After all, why would God allow that leader? Why would God allow that dictator? God, why would God allow someone to lead a country into war where, where people are, are massacred? If we're honest, the truth about the sovereignty of God and being the ruler over all the kings makes us wonder. But in the end, we have to rest in the promise of Jesus, that God is up to something good in our lives. God is up to something good in our community. God is up to something good in this world, even when we don't understand it, even when we can't see it. And we need to recognize that Jesus actually said, don't worry about the wars and the rumors of wars because all of this has to happen. He actually said their birth pains giving way to my return in a new heaven and a new earth. The eternal incarnate king of kings is returning. Are you ready? Let's keep looking. Look at verse uh, five and six. It says, who loves us? who's freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. 
Jesus is our freedom. Greater love has no man than this, and he laid down his life for a friend. This is the Easter story. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus took on the penalty of your sin upon himself. He paid the ransom. By his blood, you and I are set free. He bought our salvation. Our salvation doesn't come through works, only through the blood of Jesus. You can't clean yourself up enough. You can't do enough good to outweigh the bad. You can't give enough money to the church. You can't serve enough hours in the homeless shelter. The only thing that can wash away your sin is the blood of Jesus. And he shed his blood, let me say it again, because he loves you. More than you can even fathom. More than our, our, our small minds can even wrap around it. That's why I prayed earlier that we would just grow just a little bit more in our understanding of the incredible love of the Father and the love of Jesus for us. The internal, incarnate, King of kings, our salvation is returning. Are you ready? It's just a small taste of, of who Jesus is from just one little passage of scripture. But the second question I want to answer before we're done here is, what are we to do as we await his return? And the way we answer that question depends on where we are with Jesus. If you've said yes to Jesus, if you've surrendered your life to the reign and rule of of Jesus in your life, if you've received that free gift of salvation that I've been talking about, then you are called from this point forward to live into your new identity. Well, what's my identity, Pastor Doug? Look at verse six. He has made us, those who have said yes to Jesus, a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. You're not just freed for the sake of freedom. You are, if you are in Christ, look at what it says. You are royalty. If you have said yes to Jesus, you are royalty and it's time you lived like it. If you've said yes to Jesus, I've been saying this for the last several weeks, you are a saint. I know every time I say that, a high percentage of you say to yourself, I don't feel like a saint. I don't feel like a saint, but scripture is true. Scripture is absolutely true. And it says when you accept Jesus, you become a saint and it's time you lived like it. It's saying you become a priest. What's the very role of a priest but to lead others into an understanding and the knowledge of God? You are a priest and it's time you lived like it. You are called to serve in the kingdom. You are called to advance the kingdom. You are called to make God known to your family, to your friends, to your classmates, to your coworkers. The king is returning. 
We live in this land between, right? The God, Jesus has ascended to the right hand of God and Revelation tells us that he is going to return and we live in this land between those two events. The Jesus whose resurrection we celebrate every Easter is returning. Are you ready? Look at verse 7. It says, Behold, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. And those who pierced him, could say those who rejected him, could say those who ridiculed him, those who said no to the invitation of Jesus, all tribes on earth will wail on account of him. Look at that first word of, of verse 7. It says, behold. My wife Meg says that whenever we're reading through the Bible and we see the word behold, we ought to stop and take note. She said it, for her, behold is like a speed bump. She's racing along through the scriptures. She reads, behold, and she knows that whatever is going to come next, God wants her to slow down, to take it in, to, to really allow it to penetrate who she is. Behold, he is coming. There's no ifs, there's no maybes, he's coming. We don't know the time. We don't know the hour, but he's coming. It could be before you eat those ribs or that ham that Kevin talked about. <laughs> it could be today, it could be tomorrow, but make no mistake, the king is coming. Are you ready? The passage says, every eye will see. This is great news for those who know him. But it's pretty sobering news for those who have said no. It's a day of great sorrow for those who have rejected him. He's returning. The eternal king is coming. You ready? What are we to do as we await his return? What if we don't really know Jesus? And the answer is pretty simple. Turn to Jesus. Receive the gift that we've been talking about. Choose this day to walk with Jesus. Salvation in Jesus is a gift, but you have to receive it. Jesus isn't going to force himself on you. As a matter of fact, Jesus says in the very book of Revelation that we've been studying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone would open the door, I will come in and I will eat with him. I will be with him. But do you see what's necessary? We have to be willing to receive the free gift of salvation to open the door. The king is coming. We will all stand before Jesus. Are you ready? My prayer, Easter 2023 is that you would say yes to Jesus. If you've wandered away, if you've, if you've not walked your faith out, that you would return to Jesus and that you would live into your identity as a priest, as a saint, as royalty. And if you've never made the decision that today is the day that you would stop fighting, like every one of the people that stepped into that baptismal tank today, that you would just surrender 
It's relatively simple, but so profound. It's a simple act of saying, I can't do this without you. I have made a mess trying to do this on my own. I have sinned. I have created chaos. And I need you, Jesus. You pray that prayer in your words and you say, I surrender and I give you my life. Jesus really is the answer to every problem you're facing. The king is coming. Are you ready? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the book of Revelation. I thank you for the truth of your word. I I thank you for the opportunity to stand on this stage today and to just lay the gospel out clearly. We are all going to stand before you someday. May we hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. None of us are going to do it perfectly. Lord, I pray for the people who are hearing my words right now that are feeling the nudge to turn to you, that they would just pray in their own words that simple prayer of sin. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've made a mess, and I need Jesus. Lord, I pray this day that there would be a celebration in heaven, the heavenly host celebrating because another person and other persons gave their life to you. Thank you that you have promised to return. May we all be ready. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hey, a couple of things I just want to share with you uh, worth noting. Uh, men's breakfast next Saturday. We have a wonderful guest. Yeah, you can clap for that. Breakfast is always good. Uh, we'll have bacon, so you can come for sure. But we also have a wonderful guest speaker. Pete is coming from uh, out of state, from Virginia. He's a wonderful communicator, uh, has shared the gospel all around the world. But it's a can't-miss Saturday morning. But the beauty is, is he's agreed to stay and preach next Sunday. So Pete will be our guest speaker. It's one of those can't-miss Sundays. Highly encourage you to be here for both the men's breakfast, if you're a man, uh, and then for Sunday morning. If you're a person, that works. Uh, also want to remind you, uh, starting this Tuesday, we have a, a workshop called Share Your Faith. Uh, even as I was talking about sharing your faith, being a priest, some of you are probably thinking, I'm not sure how to do that. This is a great next step. So you can just go to the information counter. They have books there. You can pick up your workbook. Uh, but that begins, it does begin this Tuesday, right? Yep. I just asked the person who's in charge, and she said yes. So this Tuesday, make sure you come to the Share Your Faith workshop. Um, We're going to get back into Revelation week after next as we talk about this returning king. God bless you. Thank you for sharing your Easter with us. He is risen.